All right, folks. It is August 11, 2023, 8-11. That's 10 days in for the football crew out there doing two-a-days. I'm with you. Drink lots of water. Normal tell you to take your salt pills because that's what they used to have to do. <laughs> that's what we back, did back <laughs> in the old days. So every day I bring this up because it's such a – even when I walk out and I take the dog for a walk at 6 in the morning or 5.30 in the morning – I still, at like those days, there's a certain smell in the air in August that, you, that, mm. that throws probably, me back. And you're hearing whistles in your head. Right. Go. Whatever sound. Grass is. drills. The inside of my That's helmet cool. was so gross. Oh, my you God. You keep that clean. You get impetigo or whatever that is. Oh, uh, how do you clean a football? I, I, okay, this swans. back in the 70s. Nobody like cleaned Soap it. and water would go a long way. We got germs and we loved it. Yeah, well, look, germs are germs, <laughs> but when you get a sore on your face and it gets infected, that's bad. So we had guys that get impetigo. Is that what it's called? It's like a, a skin infection, bacteria infection. Yeah, impetigo. Impetigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget yeah. what it is. But uh, that would happen, and I never had that problem. But um, And I can't <clears> say I ever cleaned my helmet. I have no recollection. Maybe I did. Who knows? Oh, I guess God. I'm just a clean guy. Nothing. Anyway. I, I mean, we just, I was so happy to be able to be on the team, and so I didn't clean anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, lucky <laughs> is lucky. Set, so, my, set my jock strap. Well, look, that doesn't make Please, any sense. thank you. That doesn't make any sense at all, but <laughs> we are about to make some common sense here at commonsenseohioshow.com. What is commonsenseohioshow.com? Well, that's a show about common sense in Ohio. We're bringing you the news of Ohio as a jumping off point, maybe a trampoline to jump into other areas around the country, around the world, because as Ohio goes, so does the world. If you don't believe that, just keep listening. We're going to convince you one show at a time. If you haven't subscribed yet, if you haven't liked yet, guess what it's easy to do? Go to commonsenseohioshow.com and you can hit like, subscribe, and share, whatever you do. Or you can go to wherever you get your podcast at Apple or Google or Spotify or pick your platform. Go and subscribe. So it makes a difference. I got friends who say, oh yeah, we listen to you, but you know, it's not good enough. You got to listen and subscribe. You don't even have to, just subscribe. You know, you don't have to, if you get inundated, just ignore those until you have the weekend you can catch up. So uh, like, subscribe, and, and most important, share with your neighbor as you're cutting your grass this Saturday or Sunday, uh, getting ready for football season. Uh, tell your neighbor, hey, look, we got a great show. It's Common Sense Ohio. So with that, we're going to jump off. Norm, what you got? Well, uh, the probably the hottest, no pun intended, story right now is the uh, Hawaii disaster at, on Maui, the, the town of Lahaina, which I've been to a couple times, um, basically has burned to the ground, 55 dead. Uh, Biden uh, declared a federal disaster um, relief package, which always triggers in my head, you know, if your house is the only one that burns down, it is a federal disaster for you, right? So I don't know. Hey, you know, if they're going to, declare federal disasters for one place or the other, uh, you know, then I, I guess Hawaii should be uh, a recipient of the federal largesse also. I, and this is not to in any way uh, say it's not an emergency and that we shouldn't be generous, give to the Red Cross, Catholic Charities, any kind of uh, help, uh, you know, that organization that you respect and you have checked out. Uh, in spite of the federal disaster declaration, I'm sure there will be all kinds of unmet needs that um, FEMA does not supply. But again, I, I, I can't get over the idea that when there's a tornado and it takes out, you know, or a fire or whatever, or earthquake, and it takes out 100 homes, it's a federal disaster. If it takes out just one home, 
no federal assistance. Like, I don't get that. Well, I, this is this is my pet peeve, and everybody's heard me on this before. It's like <clears throat> FEMA, blah 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 blah, and I, I get it. It's a great idea. It sounds good, and everything's awesome. But you know, why do, why do we have a FEMA? It's like I I, I yeah, it, it can cause more problems than it can solve, or at least as many. And you know, if if people rely on the federal government or FEMA, this mystical yeah. uh, fund. Right. Uh, to fix their problems, then maybe they overbuild a little bit and underinsure a little bit. And maybe they uh, they push the envelope a little further than they would because they know that it's backed up by FEMA. And who's going to be doing that? Not mom and pop who own a small little place. It's going to be the big business guys who come in yeah. and take advantage unfairly of federal money that is there. So the classic is the coast of the, the East Coast. Um, anybody who's been to the Outer Banks in the last 20 years, you see these triple decker houses with elevators and that costs 15, 20 grand a week to, to rent. And, uh, you know, they didn't have those 50, 60 years ago before FEMA because you couldn't build them. People wouldn't insure it. Right. Yeah. And they would get destroyed by a hurricane. So now if FEMA is going to replace it and come in and fix it and give you all those dollars, well, hell yeah, we're going to come in. Why? Yeah. Because I, you've, you've laid off a huge disin- financial disincentive by basically relying on the rest of us to ensure your asset that's making you 40, 50% on your dollar or however much, if you own it, 100%. And uh, you don't have to worry about having it replaced or destroyed because FEMA's coming in. The other yeah. dynamic is um, giving, charitable giving, right? So when you think that the federal government is, or your state or local government, if you think that they're going to solve, say, immigrant housing, or they're going to solve uh, indigent health care, or they're going to solve uh, hunger, then if you think the government's got that handled, then people are going to give less. Yeah, not my problem. To, to charities. Yeah. Not yeah. my problem, Syndrome. They're, they're, they're going to back off their donations to charities. I mean, that's just a natural conclusion that people are going to make is that, you know, hey, uh, you know, Uncle Joe and the Congress, they got this handled. So why should I give money to the Red Cross? Because they're going to take care of these people through FEMA. You know, even though we understand the ins and outs of that, no, that's not the case. Most people, you know, are so busy or or just won't look into the details they will not give because they're going to assume it's taken well, care Well, and I'd like to see studies on this. I don't know, but I have a hypothesis about it. And it's like, I wonder, I would want to know if somebody has ever studied charitable giving before and after the sort of uh, emergence of the monolithic Leviathan-like federal government yeah. that, f- quote, fixes everything. You know, because it's not just that it's not just that you're not giving intentionally. It's like you don't even think about giving. So it's yeah. like how many generations did it take where we don't even think about giving to charities? Or so if you're giving Steve, to charities, it's about virtue signaling instead of really caring. So, Steve, yeah. I think uh, probably the clearest example of that are the um, religious-affiliated hospitals. Yeah. I mean, you had Methodists, you had Presbyterians, you had Baptists, you had Catholics, Jews, you had all of these affiliated churches, um, you know, affiliated hospitals, and that has almost all gone away. I mean, it might still be called Methodist, it might still be called St. Joseph's or whatever, but essentially they are You've got you health know, systems. They're by for profit. Right. Yeah. It has turned into a corporate structure, right? So yeah. healthcare turned into corporate structure. And you're so right. It's like it used to be yeah. that the churches would take care of everything like top and bottom of this kind of stuff. So I I mean, I didn't live in this era, I don't think. <clears throat> I, you know, growing up in the seven or late seventies, early eighties, or I was born in 70, but that's when it started to, you know, yeah. I, but it's like, you know, 
I, I, I envision this sort of nostalgic world where the where the local church on the corner would help out the person who needed the help because it was all sort of a communal congregation, right? And uh, they didn't have to rely on the federal government to hand out the aid. Uh, it was it was done locally. And then you know, think about that for a second. Um, it, you can scale this down to a, to a level that that makes a lot of common sense. So if I'm going to decide locally how to spend dollars. Um, I'm going to know who's taking advantage of the system. I'm going to know who doesn't deserve it for whatever reason. I'm going to know. I don't have to worry about what's happening in Arkansas because I'm worried about what's happening in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. And I can I can allocate dollars where they're needed and where they're going to be most effective. And who would know that better than you know the community? Yeah. It's not right. going to be some jackass in Washington D.C. who's worried about votes. Who's worried about. Um, uh, the perception of being equitable, the per, you know, it's like, yeah, you, you know, there, that all happened at the private charitable level, and I think you're right, Norm, mostly through churches. Yeah, but uh, the the other big, like the Salvation Army, that was all. A, oh, a, yeah, right, right, sure. The yeah. charity newsies, you know, those were very, very sure. uh, uh, prominent. Uh, hunger, you know, soup kitchens. Uh, I mean, you you could go down the list of human needs. And, you know, it was people giving to their churches or giving to the Red Cross or giving to, uh, you know, whatever entity, maybe the the local um, United Way campaign, whatever. People were giving money that way. And it was deductible, you know, if they if they had enough, uh, uh, you know, adjusted gross income, it was deductible. A lot of that has now gone away. I mean, they have raised the threshold for where when you can deduct charitable donations to the point that a lot of people look at that and they talk to their account and they're like, well, does it make any sense financially, not morally, but financially yeah. for me to give? And f- more and more, the well, accountant answer is no, it doesn't. I don't even think, th- see, I, I guess, Brett, Which is tragic. I'll throw this to you because I know you keep active in the Catholic Church and you sort of watch some of this stuff, or at least you've talked about it at times. Like, you know, the Catholic <clears throat> Church was always like the, the place you'd go for adoptions for, right, uh, sure. you know, back in the day or whatever. But, you know, there's this notion that you would hear, I can almost hear the scoffers saying, well, you know, the church is corrupt. Yeah, the church is corrupt. They don't know right. how to get blah, 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 blah. Well, every organization is, if you look at it. I mean, there's sure. always, because we're run by humans, so there's going to be corruption. Is it less well, corrupt than the federal government? Probably less corrupt. Right. Well, and right. also, right. you know, I mean, with, come on. Yeah, and with the nonprofits, you've got an opportunity to kind of see how their pie chart, where the money's being spent. We yep. can't see that with the government. No. So these nonprofits are prob- they're, they're probably run much more efficiently, the good humanely, ones. The good morally, because they're there to yeah. help versus, okay, we got to go do this sort of yeah. thing. And you're right. We've seen too many uh, looking at it at the end for FEMA, what was it there? The hurricane down, you know, New Orleans area, all yeah. these trailer yeah. waste, all this yeah. stupid stuff that right. just, oh, we got money, let's throw at it. And if we don't spend it, it we lose it kind of good. Stuff. It looks like, good to go send all this. Yeah. Well, we sent $10 million down. We gave trailers and the trailers are rotting on the, right. I, I don't know these facts, but I can just, right. you can just imagine. Well, there was, well and, uh, and like you mentioned, Norm, with Catholic Charities, as an, uh, they do stuff that they, that they right. get no notoriety for. They just do the right stuff. Yep. Tons of nonprofits that do that. And you That's know what's right. not corrupt Tons. about it? If you, there, there may be some corruption about it and there's, there, everybody's got their warts and their flaws. But they're not getting paid millions of dollars to administer the program. So it's like, look mm-hmm. at look how big the governmental departments are that administer this crap, and how many people yeah. they employ. So they first have to pay their expenses. I mean, they run it like a business, except it's a business that they don't have to earn money; they just get to get it. Right, and, and the nonprofits that get too big for their own britches. Yeah. Red Cross has been 
hit by this. You yeah. know, the higher ups pay oh, sure. way too much, and it starts to even out. Yep, yeah. <laughs> they they make adjustments and fix stuff. The government stuff never gets. Fixed. I always I always yeah. try to when people ask me to give to a charity, I always pick the one where the people uh, running the charity aren't getting paid. You know, it's like, right. you know, yeah. it's like the, I, I picked right. them as volunteers and I get it. That might be sort of naive because then they're getting that charity. But probably they giving do, ex- to others but they do exist. They do. Ex- I, they, there's, there's so a why great not one. make that a priority. Yeah. I was involved with this local charity. The Parker Lee Foundation is just two dudes who like to drink Pabst Blue Ribbon. So they started doing the Pabst 1000 where they drink thousand Pabst Blue Ribbons and it's gone up to 10,000 <laughs> and they give money to Directions for Youth. We met with the Directions for Youth folks and, you know, we set up a scholarship fund for, in Eric Yavich's name and we did all that stuff. And when I went and talked to people, like if I was knocking on your door, Norm, I would say first and foremost, I'm not getting paid. The owners of the, or the people who run this charity are not getting paid. There is no salaries. There's no hidden money, you know, and not only that, we're probably going into pocket to print the raffle tickets ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's like, we're not getting paid. There's no money going to places like the face of it. Like when you see these actors talking yeah. about the animals in Africa or something, it's right, like, you know, right. they're, they're getting paid a lot of money to make that, to deliver that message. So big time, man. Anyway, I don't know how we got you off know, on this tangent. You know, the other thing is I, in, in this, you know, this will sound like the crabby Midwest guy, whatever, but <laughs> You know, so let me talk about places further north than where I live. So 55 people died tragically in this fire so far, right? I I think the death toll is going to go up. There were people that went out in the ocean to try to escape the fire. And yet the boats leaked diesel and gasoline into the harbor. And so the water was on fire. God knows how many people died in the water. So at any rate... A lot of people died out there in Maui. It's tragic. I'm not diminishing this when I say this next thing. The next thing is every winter, I am positive that dozens of people in places like Milwaukee and Buffalo, Rochester, Cleveland, uh, you know, your classic frozen Midwestern, you know, absolute deep freezer cities, people die from cold, right? There's no federal disaster ever declared, you know, for people dying of cold. Uh, And yet, you know, that is happening in a geographic specific way. While we take care of people down south in their vacation homes, whenever a tornado comes by, what about big winter, right? Nothing. Well, this is, these are, oh, but wait, it's going to happen. Well, with the with everything labeled climate change. Sure. Oh yeah, now they're going to make change. a political agenda out of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, it's yeah. better well, if it's hot. It, it's better if they die from heat. Right, well, that's right. Yeah, well, right. for sure. But and, for and, them, I guess. and I got to do a bit more research. But you know, this this uh, the, the new farm bill has to come out. It has to be approved by September, and it's a six year bill. And I got to do a little bit more talk, look at yeah, it. But, yeah. but it's all labeled climate. Stuff. Of course, right. Of so course. It, it, everything's going to be labeled climate. So the, you know what? Eventually, you'll be able to get some money because so you, you froze to death. These, these are. This is the problem with the. This is the antithesis of what we talked about. This is the antithesis of the corner church helping the community. This is like mm-hmm. federal government doling out dollars for its political right. agenda. Exactly. Yeah. And you know that. And for sexy and for things, theater, right. sexy <laughs> things like tornadoes, yeah. uh, floods, stuff that's on the news. That's right, right, because they look good and they get votes, and but you know, re- we allocated re- these dollars. Routine death, you know the the you know the the great scythe coming through the Midwest every winter that just knocks off old people left and right because of cold. They they can't heat their house 
or they fall down the steps and nobody comes. Well, the same thing happens with heat too. You hear it every, every year, like people, like poor people in Chicago. That's just right. Get dying. So, but That's you know, right. it, this is like, we saw sort of the culmination of this insanity when COVID hit because everybody looked at the government like, we're going to fix it. The government, the federal government can fix this. And then all of a sudden they usurp enormous power yes, right. and implement their policies again, based on political theater. And it turns out it was all a bunch of BS. Well, worse than that, you know, again, I love the shift to COVID. This is great. The worse than that is the solutions put into place by force at the point of a bayonet by the federal government are now being shown to have killed more people than would otherwise have been killed by just COVID. Look, I mean, they they killed more people. I mean, you just take the senior the senior homes and nursing homes in New York State as a micro example, right? It, I mean, death just swept through those places because they would not uh, they would not isolate those who had COVID from those who didn't, and so everybody got it. And we know the seniors were the most susceptible. They said that right up front. And don't you don't it's like I don't know. Did I would say be weary of anything that is unlike anything you've ever seen or heard of before. Right. So it's like, all right, right, so we have this pandemic. Is this really like the Dustin Hoffman movie <laughs> or that that we're going to have to be walking around in hazmat suits? Yeah. It's like yeah. be like is, right. do we really think that this virus is unlike any other virus that we've ever seen before in the history of mankind and documented they threw the handbook out the window they just tossed they, it all they, they, they created knew. their own theater for it i mean for a hundred years we've been just you know researching pandemics scientifically not me big brain guys definitely not me you know and and they came up with a a handbook on how you deal with respiratory pandemics it, it was all written down. It was all discussed. I mean, they had a playbook at the CDC and at the United Nations. And for some reason, when COVID came along, a respiratory pandemic, right? right. They yeah. threw it out the window. Well, and it's, and they did it under the under the public or with, they, they, they sort of softened the public up by suggesting that this was different. Like, right. this is worse. This is like nothing we've ever seen, you know. Right. It's, and right. I remember asking a very... Uh, you a, know what a, was different? Fauci was getting paid royalties well, the money on the vaccine. Right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the flow of money always dictates this. But I asked a very close friend. I've had, I asked two people I respect immensely, and they used to be respected in the scientific field immensely. And uh, I asked them about things like, how the virus spreads, like, can you have asymptomatic spread and what's the deal? And, and both had sort of similar responses. It's like, well, the first guy was more of a math guy. And he's like, look, the math doesn't add up on this. It doesn't even come close to adding up on this. It doesn't make any sense. The numbers you're hearing, statistics you're hearing don't make any sense. And then the other guy was more of a, a, a biomed guy. And he's just like, look, unless it's behaving unlike any other virus that we've ever seen in the history of mankind, right. this can't be true. And, you know, they weren't saying it publicly. A lot of people were and getting smashed for it but it's like yeah and 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 you look it's like as my dad used to say if it's too good to be true it's too good to be true so if you're buying a car and all of a sudden it's half the price of all the other cars there's something wrong you know it's like it's too good to be true as your dad i'm sure said a million times like any wise man follow the money and i just want to hammer this nail one more time uh today so most people do not know and it came as a shock to me because I i was one of those people that didn't know 
that medical inventions that are that arise from tax dollar funded research at the CDC and at NIH like Fauci so Fauci sent he you know he offshored this covid research to the Wuhan covid laboratory in China okay against federal regulations or policy imposed by the White House he did it anyway right that has now come out he also developed any number of different vaccines right on the job using you your tax dollars and my tax dollars Fauci was then allowed and we currently still allow federal employees who come up with vaccines to get paid royalties on that and when Jordan and the other you know people on the committee had Fauci before him before them in committee they were blocked by federal regulation somehow this regulation got passed that withholds the amount of those royalties getting paid to US taxpayer employees like Fauci. So we don't know how much money he was paid by, you know, uh, Smith Klein, Glaxo, or whoever the heck, you know, all these companies that had all these various uh, medicines that were developed during his what, 30 year tenure? He's getting paid privately for things that he's imposing on us publicly and this is this is there's no conflict these are the problems this is the problem with fascism when the government intervenes in the in gets in bed with private industry uh, to for quote our own good you know because they know the best on what to pick and 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 we're not allowed to know how much they're making right so it's like this is this is corruption this is how corruption begins and you can't i'm not suggesting fauci started off as a bad guy but also you you start dangling millions of dollars in front of people it's like what are they going to do like well we could choose this treatment which may work, or we could choose this treatment, which may work. I'm going to take the one that pays me millions of dollars. Right. That, and, yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to, that's untraceable. And I happen to have the authority to fo- enforce it. So it's the only one you can get. It inured to his specific benefit. Yeah, of course. It's unbelievable. He's already the federal government's most highly compensated employee. It's and gross. It, he's still on the payroll, by the way. It's gross. He had to be indicted. Oh. He still has federal marshal protection. Today, long after he resigned. It's unbelievable. Hmm. Uh, You guys want to get into some Ohio news? I mean, these are pretty quick. So this crazy thing at Cedar Point, I don't know the name of the roller coaster, but that thing stopped 200 feet up in the air. You imagine those people had to get out. I saw the video. They had to get out of their little roller coasters and walk down a staircase 200 feet tall with just like a rickety banister between Jeez. them and death. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, look, I don't know what else they could have done. That's all you can do. That's but, all you can I do. I mean, Cedar yeah. Point didn't send At a least fireman I mean, up So there. they weren't upside down. No. Imagine they weren't that, upside down. You know, right. That's nightmarish hell right there, right there, if you think about it. Now, what people, oh, I, I can't imagine. The, I can't imagine. Because yeah. they would slip out of the belts. I mean, come on, they you, would. You'd have to get uh, oh. the cherry well, pickers or something. Well, you know, you'd have plus, to figure out a way. the blood rush into your head. I'm thinking medical piece of you being yes. upside oh, yeah, down yeah, that yeah, long. No question. They got to get to you, you know, quick. It's, oh, it's, it's, it would it's, be like crucifixion, frankly. It's worth saying, you know, you you wonder about this stuff. 
and whether they're safe, but you, you sort of take for granted that Cedar Point, Kings Island, mm-hmm. um, you yeah. know, Six Flags, Disney, you think they're going to be safe. And if that's not safe, you're thinking, well, what is, you know, yeah. is it, and um, I, you know, it's funny because Cedar Point, believe it or not, is like a destination place for roller coasters around the country, like around the world. Around I, the world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. I have, yeah. I have been there only like a handful of times in my life here, even though living in Ohio. And the last time I was there with my kids, I, I was, I got to talking in line with a group and they had, they had flown in from all over the country. They're roller coaster fanatics. And they said, we plan this trip every year. This is the greatest thing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, all right, well, have fun. You know, it's like, <laughs> but now, now you're flying in, you're not sure they're going to work. I got caught at Disney one time. I was on a, um, I think it was the Harry Potter ride. I don't know if it's Disney or that no, wouldn't have been Disney. It was the other one down there. Universal? Universal. Okay. must've been universal. Yeah. I was on a ride and we got caught and stuck. And I wasn't upside down, but I was like tilted way back. Mm. And we sat there and it, it got really claustrophobic really yeah, fast. Sure. You know, it was. Uh, I would have hated that. Oh my I didn't God. like it yeah. at all. No. I mean, and we're, we're huge King, Kings Island fans. We'll go once or twice a year, every yeah. year. And I, mean, I guess maybe subconsciously I'm not going on the rides that spin. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm one that I love fast and yeah. straight. Okay. I, I don't do backwards. I don't do spins. I just can't handle it. My I, head, my head doesn't. I, I'm I get a headache that, for it. That, yeah. that does not go away. It started it. about ten years ago. Yeah, I can't do it. But it's straight and fast, like the, the beast. It's a blast, right? Oh my god, it's a blast. <laughs> it's a blast. It's a blast. But it's straight wooden roller coaster. You know, but not nothing fancy, but just good. Just good. You know? yeah. No, I'm with you. But yeah, um, um, yeah. Ugh. If you guys, uh, yeah, I don't know if you caught this, but uh, you know, Ohio's Jack Nicholas. You know, Ohio State. Uh, university, the Ohio State University uh, graduate who won 72, I think, maybe 73. I don't know the count exactly. Majors. No, no, no. He won 18 majors. 18 majors, 170 or 72 tournaments. Maybe. But 18 yeah. majors. So, okay. so Tiger has won more tournaments. Yes, this was uh, tournaments that he, yeah. uh, 72 okay. tournaments. Okay. I think a couple people have won more tournaments and than the, Jack, but and nobody, the nobody ma- more majors. And I think the majors, he... Maybe the record Jack holds is he won every one of the majors at least three times. Jack holds the most majors, and I don't know about the breakdown, but 18 majors is the record. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's beaten that. Yeah, and Everybody incredible. thought Tiger was going to do it when he was on his run back in like the early 2000s, well, they thought for sure. Well, Jack, back in 1994, sold the rights to his name and his likeness yeah. to a company that he was partners in. Um, Golden Bear stuff. It was that Golden Bear venture. I forget. I forget well, this. now it's called Jack Nicholas Companies. Okay. So, um, you know, but it, you know, they probably just rebranded. But anyway, back in '94, he sold for 145 million dollars his name and likeness uh, to this company. Now Jack's 83 years old. Now it's like a pretty good, pretty good return on that. Yeah, pretty yeah. good. Tra- like 144. That's probably double that now. That's a lot of money, right? Yeah. I mean, that's probably 142 like million. 145 and you wow. would figure today maybe that's a half a billion. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's a lot of At jack. Least 300 million. No anyway. pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, anyway, <laughs> apparently uh, not apparently. So he is sued in two courts in New York and in Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, so there's two cases. Uh, his ex-partner elevated it to the federal courts, and the federal courts said, no, n- no, uh, listen, there's one court, one jurisdiction should be handling this, and they bowed out. Uh, so that decision just came on August the 1st, and apparently the decision that's going to be made either in Florida or in New York or both is whether or not this 
sale of his name and likeness was exclusive or non-exclusive. So they're having they're having that litigated, and so far his partner, uh, his ex-partner, is prevailing in the case. What's that? What, what does it mean though? Exclusive and non-exclusive. Can let's, Jack still? Let's turn to Steve. I think what they're that. saying is, can Jack still go? do stuff in his name and probably head. he's thinking his sons and, and grandkids and okay. yeah yeah um, okay so or is it you know was it did they buy an entity did they buy a name did they buy both and if you're spending 142 million you're gonna be saying well look <laughs> i bought it all i bought it all yeah yeah, yeah. so um, i'm i'm sure this is contract uh, exegesis right uh, well they're, they're, they're this gonna is gonna analyze be trademark the terms. law and there's gonna be a lot of nuances this is like really you know, this this is where you want the eggheads and the law firms yeah. sharpening their pencils and doing the research, and then you got litigators. This is about as boring as it gets when you go watch trials like these. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. It was, so somebody got in Jack's head that he sh- sh- he could be making some more money. I'm I, I suspect it has to do with, like I know he still designs golf courses and he still does other stuff, and he's probably getting paid for that. And his former partner is saying, "You owe me. You can't do this." Yeah. So uh, there's probably some of that, and then you would wonder. Like if Jack started his own business, doing his own stuff, um, yeah, and right. he wants to let his kids take over that, and they can't because they've got to call it something else, like the yeah, Golden Bear, the Golden Bear, whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, this is so. like when Paul McCartney wanted his his music back for the yeah. Beatles, Michael Jackson. It's like, yeah, Taylor Swift. You know, and a lot of people did this. This is this is relevant because you know a lot of these uh, old sort of '60s, '70s artists sold out recently to Spotify, where mm-hmm. they sold their entire collection. Yeah. Springsteen did this. Yeah. I know. I think, I think Neil Young did this. Sting did as well, yeah, they, I think. And well, they, what stuff he wrote, at least. Hey, they yeah. got and they got paid. I mean, it was this kind of real money. They got and, paid real money, and you know, paid. you wonder if they'll regret it later. I don't know. You know, if I'm if I'm saying to my my kids and my gen, my my family going forward, and my generations to follow, look, you're set up for life. Don't screw it up. Right. Um. You know, uh, maybe that's a way to go. I, I. Or is it that important to have your own name? You, I'd have to really give that a lot of thought. You know, for 142 million in 1995, I'd probably take that deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Like you're looking at it like I never have to worry again, and yeah. neither will my kids. Yeah. And if you can't, like, if Jack can't protect 142 million, and I know he had a banker, he had like a some financial hard times at one point. Uh, I can't remember what that was all about, uh, but I remember him. I remember seeing an interview with Jack where he was talking about this, and he's like. Well, I got in some other businesses, and uh, you know, we we were yeah. going to restaurants, and I know he had to uh, this and that, and uh, but I'm going to get back to basics. Golf, golf's what I do, and, right. and we're going to golf, and and you know, so I know that he had ventured out and, and got stung a little bit financially. I don't know the details of it though. Yeah, that would be one venture I would say never go into as a restaurant. Have you ever heard a no. restaurant making it? And under- a lot of guys do, like the Eddie George My Grill. I wonder God. how that's doing now. I, I don't. I, yeah. You know. I don't know. Like, right. You just don't. It just, like, what is Nicholas in restaurant? And I'm not saying he was in restaurants. It was something but, like that. But, but, like but, retail. Didn't, you, you know, it was appliances. He had the Golden Bear Appliance Center. That's right. Was that yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was appliances. Yeah. And, and I remember him sort of commenting on that afterwards. And there you go. He couldn't use his name. He's like, well, right. this is back. It might have been before the, uh, he sold. It, he might have sold because he lost a lot on those deals. But yeah. I remember the Golden Bear Appliance Center. He's like, what do I know about appliances? I'm like, nothing. You know, they're just using your name. And, you know, that's not a business. And look, I've fallen into this trap where I've tried to venture into businesses outside my area thinking I can do it. Right. You can't. It's like, you know, there are guys who are just business people that's, and that's what they do. That's their niche. And they know how to run mm-hmm. businesses. And then if you think this, this is always my, I, I, these are the hard knock lessons you learn in life. It's like, Everybody sort of operates like, oh, I could be a CEO. I mean, they make too much. I could do that or I could do that. Right. Don't be so sure. You know, there, there's uh, – give people credit for when it's due. No question. Right. 
a couple other Ohio things. These are a little bit bigger. Uh, but Jim Jordan this week uh, issued uh, more subpoenas and is looking at contempt of Congress for uh, what he considers to be dissembling, or as common folk call that, lying, uh, before his court by uh, FBI Director uh, Ray when he claimed in his testimony before Jim Jordan, uh, the House Judiciary Committee, he claimed that this FBI uh, plan being promulgated, uh, this is in a January of 2023 memo coming out of the Richmond FBI field office, uh, was a plan to uh, insert informants or recruit informants, one or the other or both, into Catholic parishes because there was this bizarre thought, even though even though all the pastors I'm seeing coming into the Catholic Church are brown or black, there was this thought that conservative Catholic parishes are white supremacists, uh, you know, hot, you know, hives of uh, of clanners, which, you know, is so bizarre because the Catholics were, of course, persecuted by the Klan. But in spite of that, you would think the FBI would know that because they pursued the clam in Mississippi's burning. You know, you might remember that J. Edgar Hoover was all over the Klan uh, in his final uh, years in, in office. But at any rate, what has come out since due to FOIA requests and other uh, ways of, of inveigling FBI documents is Jordan has in his hands now that the L.A. office, Pacific Northwest offices, other offices, field offices of the FBI, if you will, colluded, that's the favorite word of the left, I'll use it, colluded with the Richmond office in, de- in trying to develop a nationwide plan to uh, enact this uh, Catholic, uh, I don't know what you would call it, this informant plan. And so uh, Ray had testified it, that it was confined to just that one field office and that he put a stop to it immediately. So here we go. So Jordan thinks he's, he's got some, uh, you know, that, that, that Ray was not uh, honest in his testimony. Well, you wonder, I, I think just that, that, just that concept is, it's so ugly. weird. It's so crazy. Right. To set up a, to set up an informant structure to tell on the Catholic church. Yeah. About stuff that you don't, I mean, it, it, it's, yeah. this is the problem because the Catholic church ideology is against the, the, the wisdom, the quote wisdom that they have, right? Like yeah. abortion or my assistant same sex marriage yeah. or, yeah. you know, things like that are, are sort of against the grain. Dude, my assistant pastor at, at my little church is from Africa. So he is, you know, it, Look, he, the Catholic religion has been around for a long, or the Catholic denomination has been around for a long, long time. Yet Jesus was very brown, I'm sure. Right. I mean, it's like, right. hello. You go down to Mexico and it's everywhere. You know, it just Come is. On. Uh, I mean, yeah. And, and really, they can't recruit enough Americans to uh, serve as priests. So the Catholic Church, I mean, in a way, we have become the third world. And the third world is now proselytizing and evangelizing what used to be the first world, right? We are bringing in South American and uh, Mexican and African uh, people, uh, priests, uh, to America because we can't get enough Caucasian 
uh, if you will, we can't get enough American citizens to become Catholic priests. It's, you know, it's unbelievable. But, but uh, I mean, it just goes to show it militates against this well, concept that that there's some kind of white supremacy within the Catholic Church is so weird and bizarre that I don't even know. I, I got to ask. I got to ask. You <laughs> where know, we, we were talking from. about the different, like what it used to be charitable or what it used to be as far as running charitable organizations and what it is now. And now the federal government is taking over that. And, you know, there's a competition at hand. You know, there's like the, there's a, like if the government's going to take it, they want all of it. And, they you know, they, they, I, I, I don't think this is exactly what some evil guy in government is thinking, but it's sort of, it's tracking along those lines where, yeah. you know, what use is the Catholic Church? If we're doing all the charity anyway, we don't need them for anything. So and, in communist China, if you want to be a Catholic priest, right, and it's very restricted, the CCP has to approve. So the Catholic Church sends a list of the people they want to be priests, and the CCP either, like like Hitler did, right, with uh, the, the Protestant churches, yeah, yeah. they then approve that person as a member of the party and uh, whether or not they can uh, well, be a priest. The front hmm. line for this is the schools, so the parochial schools. That This is the front line for this debate because what's going to happen is – or I, I think at risk is the curriculum at private uh, uh, Catholic school or any religious school, any parochial school, private educational uh, curriculum that is contrary to what the federal government once taught. Um, or, you know, say you've got a Catholic charity and they are uh, sued for not uh, uh, permitting same-sex marriages or hiring a certain ideology mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. Right. I think... You know, there was a, it always, it always was staggering to me. I went to like all the education, not all, a lot of the private schools around Ohio have a, have a Christian, um, uh, I don't know what the right word I'm using, a Christian backdrop. Foundation. 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 Yeah, foundation. So Worcester was a Presbyterian school and where was the, so, but it said, you know, where's the God in that when you go to, when you go to the college, it's gone. Yeah. And not only that, it's chastised, but it was, it was a, because of the, the, because of the religion, we have these schools, and now uh, they want to guide the curriculum against it. it. It's such a it's such a self defeating prophecy that w- I think that's where the front line is. I'd love to hear Rob Muse on it. Yeah, and, inter- interestingly yeah. enough, uh, the Ohio legislature uh, just introduced, uh, and I think maybe passed. I got to update myself on this, but they uh, they uh, I believe passed a law. I think uh, Dewine signed it. Again, subject to correction. Uh, a law that will allow, it's permissive, it doesn't mandate, but will allow uh, religious chaplains to be affiliated with a school district, not to substitute for psychologists in the case of a, uh, you know, a child dies or a shooting or whatever it is, but just that they're available uh, for uh, help. In, well, in, in, grief counseling, basically, grief count, thank you. or well, look, something like where that. Are you allowed? I mean, are they huh. allowed to teach creationism in a public school? They're not allowed to teach it. This is strictly counseling. No, I understand, but yeah. just generally speaking, going beyond what you're talking about. Oh, I, I mean, see. Can I we teach you. creationism in the public schools as I, a theory? I, as a theory, right? And I've had enormous drag down fights with people about this who are just totally unreasonable about it because but I'm they're like, okay with teaching Greek and Roman religion. They'll teach That's fine. Well, they'll, <laughs> they'll teach the big bang. They'll teach, right. uh, atheism. I mean, classical Greek. They'll even Rome. teach, they'll even teach the Muslim religion, right. but I'm like, look, not don't teach it as the way, right. But teach it as a, as a, a science, you know, how is it, 
you know, how is that inconsistent with teaching other uh, about theories? Zeus? About Zeus, that's right, right, or yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right, or Poseidon, or but Achilles. anything that would open the door, even a crack for nah. Christianity, is nah. getting absolutely slaughtered, and right. it's 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 sort of, you know, that, that's the front line for this stuff. I think. I think. So I think that, the, the education is going to be the front line for the fight for religion. So I'm heartened a little bit by that particular move by the legislature because I don't see any reason to keep rabbis or imams or Catholic priests or Protestant pastors from providing uh, counseling for students who say, you know what, I want to talk to a priest. I want to talk to a rabbi. I want to talk to somebody where I can talk about, you know, what happens in the afterlife because little Johnny died over here and he was a good friend of mine. I'm glad that that option is open. Well, I think it's also respectful for cultures. Again, it's a fact. Our schools are multicultural. Yep, for sure. We cannot go backwards. And I'm not advocating going backwards to being, you know, having a non-cultural based high school elementaries and such like that. And each culture approaches death and these bad situations differently. They do. They, you know, Somalians are a different culture than we are, and and or Hindu, to, uh, Hindu, and you right. know, I just found the other day that uh, Somalian, I think it's the Somalian culture. I may be wrong, but it's some culture of that nature that um, they 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 don't want to call them by their miss uh, or Mister in their last name is actually invoking a caste on them. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Where they ra- would rather be called grandpa or grandma. Interesting. Hmm? Yeah. So the, it's back to that, which makes sense. Their name was a cast. Yeah. If yeah. your name was certain, you were always going to be a plumber, you know, in, in yep. that in that vernacular. It's like, if we don't recognize that, then we need to bring in different cultures to help out. Well, and if it comes down to a religious leader in the Catholic or- How's know, it any different? Exactly. How's right. it any different? Except it's got the cross behind it. And, right. And that is become- Yes. I mean, really, that's become the evil. That's right. If it's got the cross on it, then no, you can't. You but can't we'll do let it. the other buddy out. We'll we'll it's the same it. thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, same thing. I think we would uh, be doing a little bit of a disservice to our uh, podcast audience if we didn't bring up the ultra touchy uh, post mortem on issue one. So, issue one went down in flames. It, it, I mean, just, I'll give it a rough 60-40 loss, so it was a resounding 50, no. 57? 57. Something like that? But I anyway, don't know. Anyway, so what did anybody expect on this? I mean, I, I, as you just yeah. drove around Central Ohio. In fact, Ohio, Steve, you called it. In fact, Steve called it. Last week, Steve said, I don't think it's going to pass. Not even close. And it wasn't even close. You I didn't think it was going to be close. And you know how I think that? I always drive around Ohio and I look at all the signs, and there was not one sign saying, vote yes for it. Everybody, like, I'm sure there was one. But it's like, the, <laughs> like somebody put together a very resounding campaign against it and it was successful couple that with the fact that the election is on a day that nobody really wants to go vote anyway unless you unless you have an agenda to vote against it and i think i don't i don't mean the word agenda in bad way but no one issue cause one issue it it was a proxy vote on abortion yeah and i I mean that's that that's and shame on shame on who i don't know look it shouldn't have it should we've talked about this this is an interesting issue it didn't have to hinge on abortion one way or another Yet it did, and here we are. Well, in the postmortem from Huffman, talking about, well, we didn't have enough time. Well, that was your own call. Right. It, it, why uh, now? You, know, the you big, didn't have big, to do the, it right now. The, the big name leaders didn't lift their own weight. Well, again, that's a timing yep. thing. Uh, so he's kind of postmortem himself. It's like, well, that's kind of obvious. Yeah, no, <laughs> was, right. We didn't have enough time to talk this thing out, to really figure out. Plus, I, I'm hearing 
that there could be some middle ground if we get both sides looking at it that, yes, when it comes up again, it may not be as extreme. It's the 60-40, maybe a 55-45, and other nuances yeah. that make sense that both parties agree upon. This is this should be – I agree with you 100%. This, this is, to me, this is not a political – this, uh, a vote. This, this is like, should we make it easy or should we make it hard to amend the Constitution? Mm-hmm. And what is the Constitution? Like, to me, that's what this is. What is the Constitution to a state? Well, you are super rare, though, Steve. God bless you for that. But you are an intellectual. And it wasn't, it was, this was not voted that way. No, of course nope, not. This was, was not. A, this was nope. a proxy. This vote. was a, this yep. was, the, they, this was a vote yep. that yep. mimics the thing they were trying to eliminate. That's right? exactly This right. was like a statutory this, yay the, or nay. It, this was a plebiscite on abortion. And, yep. and yep. frankly, it is now the seventh. So abortion restriction amendments and abortion per, permissive amendments uh, have all gone the pro-abortion way, of course, since Dobbs. So there have been seven nationally. Ohio was the seventh one, uh, the seventh state to vote on abortion rights. If that's if I, I believe this was a proxy vote on that, and it portends for uh, the passage of the abortion rights um, constitutional amendment in November. And and so there have been seven proposed nationally. All I'm not, seven. I'm not so sure that passes in November, though. Well, so we'll November is a well, different story. It's so like let a me tell election. you. Let me yeah. tell you how many people turned out. So we all know about the midterm vote, the one where J.D. Vance got elected, right? Mm-hmm. More people turned out for this one issue thing on Tuesday. Of course, over three million people. We made it about abortion, so you're going to get all the pro-abortion people out voting, and the people against abortion aren't going to link those two things together. I don't care what anybody said. It's like as soon as as soon as the one side said it's about abortion, they were basically inviting everybody to go vote against them. And those in favor or dis, those on the other side really don't care. You know, it's like I, I don't want to say they don't care, but they're not as fanatic about it. And and I would say you're right. And and it just is. And there was a ton, like you pointed out, Norm, in a text or an email or something. There was a ton of out of state money. There was a ton mm-hmm. of uh, there was a huge yeah. ad campaign against it. I think on both sides, it averaged about fifteen percent of. The money being spent was from yeah. Ohio, both sides of that. That's you know, crazy. Now again, Norm brought up in a in an email text, you know, the flurry that we had. I think a bit more dark was coming on the no. Yeah, probably. But but it's still, but but that percentage it, it is still reflects uh, what was really going yeah, on. And then you yeah. wonder. So in November, you wonder. It's like everybody is out voting anyway, so you don't have to bring people out for a specific thing. Everybody is out voting anyway, or at least more people will be out voting. It's still an off year. It's still, still an off year, year but yeah. Yeah, yeah. now all of a sudden you take the sting and people are going to be saying, well, now I need to really get out there and vote. But no, yeah. I, I think, you know, I, I think it was a bridge too far for the anti-abortion folks to try to start amending constitutions and changing laws. I mean, this was a baby steps problem. I, I, I really, really believe that. It's like, and, and, it's such an overreach to say we're just going to start outlawing abortions everywhere. Look, you got the Dobbs decision. Now you can make it a local problem. Take your time, sort it out, figure out where the where the ball drops, and then start advocating at a grassroots instead of going for the bridge too far. You know, it's like Market Garden on steroids. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So currently in Ohio, um, because the, uh, the 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 there was a a lawsuit um, and a a stay on Ohio's six-week heartbeat bill is in place. So uh, abortions in Ohio are available up to 22 weeks, which essentially is halfway through a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's where we are right now. You, Ohio's abortion's legal. 
it was legal before this vote. It's it's legal after this vote uh, up to 22 weeks, uh, unless and until the six week ban is uh, the injunction is is uh, released. I don't think an anti-abortion amendment is appropriate for a constitution. I don't think a pro-abortion amendment is appropriate for a constitution. These are legislative issues, folks. These are issues that the General Assembly needs to get on the floor of the state house and debate. And that's where this, that when Dobbs sent this back to the states, I think that was the vision that I hoped would happen. It's like, let the local legislatures handle it. You know, that that's where this should happen. Not a, another constitutional amendment, just in a different venue. It shouldn't be that way because then you take away people's input on it. You make it difficult to modify or change the law when science changes. It's like, or, or when facts change or when populace change. It's like, this is a legislative debate. You don't put these kind of things in a constitution. You don't do it. And I, I don't care what side you're on. And that's a good point. And it's more malleable. Yes. When things do change. Yes. Because they always do. And, and Congress can take testimony. The, the General Assembly, can, they can bring in witnesses, they can bring in material, they can bring in facts, and they can challenge those. But, you know, you, that doesn't happen for an amendment. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't work that way. When right. you pass laws, you can have hearings. It's pretty much chipped in stone. That's it's it. It's Ten Commandment kind of feel to We're it. It's so done. Sure. It's done. It's like yeah. if you read the U.S. Constitution, when it has tried to do stuff like this, it almost like liquor is a great, a great example. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't pass a law and turn it into an amendment that should be a law. It's like... You can't govern human behavior with an amendment to a constitution on something that macro. You can't do it. Mm. Or micro, I guess. It's amazing, isn't it? Mm. Truly amazing that prohibition came in and three-quarters of the states were on board with that. Mm -hmm. That is mind-blowing. It is, 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 actually. You know? Yeah. I mean, it really is. And, yeah. and you know, the thing is, the thing is about... And then the, three quarters changed their mind. And the, and, and incredible. Yeah. And then, the, yeah. you know, the thing, is, and I think that was in reaction to the criminal criminalization, right? Well, sure. I mean, right. they were seeing Alca, black market Al Capone and, you know, they're, they're looking at, you know, our city, people are drinking anyway, and they're dying from bathtub gin because it's, it's shit. It's not inspected. Well, you can't legislate. You can't govern human behavior, right? You can't right. do it. You can't change behavior by passing change. a law. You, no. It doesn't work. No. and, then, and Not then like you, that. Not that kind of behavior. No. And right. then you've got all the, you know, the, the rum runners, the Kennedy family. Right. Know, yeah. <laughs> so, so when you guys grown up, who were your favorite superheroes or a wow. superhero? Wow. Um, I'll bring this back to Ohio. Mine was probably Superman, Superman. honestly. I was a Superman guy. Superman and Batman. Superman two-month festival going to be starting up in Cleveland in September. No oh, way. Sweet. Yes. Two months? Two months. What do they do for two months to honor well, Superman? Well, they're going to break it up into, I guess, the uh, the Cleveland libraries, widespread, uh, wide span of locations all over northeast Ohio from Ursuline College and Pepper Pike to Bookhouse Brewing on West 25th to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They've done nothing over the last 25, well, since 1988. So just to celebrate Superman. Is there a connection? Like, did the creator of Superman come he, from Cleveland? He was from Cleveland. Oh, They were from Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, Angie and I, what are we waiting for Madeline to come back from somewhere in the Cleveland uh, airport? And they have a you know a section of the baggage claim area for Superman. You can look at the history of Superman. It's like where the street is, the two guys that created Superman are from Cleveland. It's such an interesting story, isn't it? The Superman concept, like a guy comes from another world completely. Yes. Where he doesn't have any special powers. To Kansas. And then he comes to, <laughs> to Kansas. he comes to the United States where because of our 
atmosphere, for lack of a better way to put mm-hmm. it. He has special, because of our son is yellow, he has special powers. So like at home, he was just a normal guy. Here, he's a Superman that can do everything. And then, you know, you would think that everybody from the other world then is a good person and they are, you know, here to do good. But they're not. Like, this is a special guy who not only has got superpowers here, but he can do good. And, and that, like, he, his, his vision is good for humanity. I'd have to give this a lot of thought how it, how it slices across our, our culture. Well, you know, but it hits something because back in 19, they were, uh, who was it? Uh, Jerry Siegel and jo- Joe Schuster, born in 1938. Uh, I've got the, the idea of Superman born in 1938. Pre-war. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-war just, sort of, uh, yeah. you know, heightened up, right in the middle of the Depression. Right. Yeah. Just um, that people were looking for those icons. They were. To and, do, no you know, question. You, had, right, you, know? you no had things like uh, eugenics going on, um, or not eugenics, um, uh, Margaret Sanger and company. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think you had sort of this notion that the, I don't know what that is. I, I got to think about culturally how this mm-hmm. slices across like a, like, because you almost feel like it's, it's a, it's a slap to the Christian faith a little bit, or is it like we can create this as a human, can we create a human all powerful person or what is it? I, I might be making too much of it. It might just be entertainment, but there's something there. There's something interesting there. I'd like to think about. There is something there, right? Yeah. 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 Cause well, and we still have Jesus yeah. came to earth too. That's right. right? That's what I'm getting right. at. So yeah. can you yeah. replace that with a Superman right. and fix everything? It, yeah. Right. I mean, we still have billions of dollars spent and made on superhero movies. They're, sure they're the ones that worked for the last decade when others haven't, right? I mean, yeah. the box office smashes. Of course, they're ruining those now, too. You know, the yeah. one thing yeah. I love about Superman is that cone of silence or whatever that temple is that he goes to. The, the fortress ice, of solitude. The, age, fortress, the fortress ice cave. Yeah. Like, dude, I love that concept. And, and when I you need get, one of those. It's called my garage. It, yeah. well, or, or your RV, right? Or my RV, I mean, yeah. when you get in that thing, it's your temple of silence. It is. Like yeah. you can, it's a yeah. place to go reflect and do things. It's yeah. like So, again, that's church. Yeah, you know, on right, some right. level, it's like I have to give this more thought. I'm making yeah. it up as I go, or con- yeah. pop I- ideas are popping in my head as I talk. But right. like, there's something there. There's something there. Well, that, Star um, Wars uh, also has a lot of uh, you know Christian iconography, and yeah, and, you know, well, yeah. but I think it was. Uh, I, I think, and so does Lord of the Rings, and so yes. does you know, but the, but sure. Lord of the Rings was intentionally. Uh, to mimic Christianity in a good no way. Question, right. I sort of right. feel like these others are, are the opposite. It's like replacing it with something that's equally secular. Secular. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I think there's something there and I can't quite figure it out, but I'll think it through. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the smartest guy to think about this. So right. we'll, uh, in fact, well, there's something there. I mean, I, it's probably been, been analyzed and you take it from what other people have analyzed and take it to you to yeah. the next step and think about yeah. it. Right. So oh, you yeah. wonder, it's like how, why was he so popular? I mean, it was huge. He was huge. Still right. is. Oh yeah, and and, right. and, and and all the spinoffs, right? right? Young, young Superman, right? You know, like before he really figured yeah. out, you know. Well, and they incorporated him with a TV series, black and white TV series, which was great, right? Yeah. right. Well yeah, written, right. Yeah. well done. Right. You know, the best they could do with special effects at yeah. that point in time, but it still was good stuff. And then wasn't there a series like in the eighties, Clark and Lois, or yeah, something? Lois and Clark, yeah, Lois and Clark. Lois no, it was the nineties, but 90s. Lois and Clark, yeah, Lois yeah. And, Clark. and then just those, you know. And no, the you count the spinoffs on that. Incredible. That, that's how big, yeah. like a Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. How, how many spinoffs on Sherlock Holmes Jim, has there been? Jim Croce song, you don't put on Superman's cage. <laughs> yep. Right. And then I think right. in the middle of the, con- they, they developed the, like the bizarro guy who is like the opposite of Superman, the same power but bad. You know, it's like, it's a very interesting yeah. concept. Yeah. Well, yeah. good for Cleveland. I know, it's great. I think it'd be, I, they will get a lot of people who go to this. Well, and, you know, Cle- and Cleveland, Cleveland really needs, you know, all the help it can get. Really. Well, sure. You exactly. Know? And why not celebrate something yeah. that is very, 
very American. And I, I'm, Superman. you know, I'm concerned yeah. about the Clevelandization, really, of most of Ohio's big cities. You know, Toledo, Columbus, Cincinnati. So anything that can help those cities, you know, a little renaissance. Oh man! Yeah, why I'm not? All, Look, Ohio, a lot of cool stuff happens. Here a lot Ohio. of cool like stuff. Common Sense Ohio show. But we have we're starting to burn out. Like Cleveland has burned out its inner city, yeah. and it's starting to become a thing here in Central Ohio. We talked a little bit about how Intel and the growth is is going out, 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 and they're talking about a second outer belt now. And you're thinking, yeah. oh my God, you know, I mean, the inner cities of these uh, big towns are being neglected and forgotten. And, and, and overlooked, and, and it's it, it's it's good that things maybe come back. It would be good. Well, and and that's this sort of thing. It just needs these little pockets of fire. That's right. You know, that can become an annual event. Right. That, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. You and, know, and, and bring something that's truly Cleveland. Yeah. You know, because Rock and Roll Hall of Fame looked like it was going to do something. It, uh, they it, have the ceremony in New York and right. LA and it's like, come on guys. And it is a great museum and you just yes. get pumped about it. But at the same time, they need to do that ceremony in Cleveland. Yes, they do. They really do. And yeah. I don't think the rockers are the, I don't think they're the people like that are holding out. I think Aerosmith <laughs> would go to Cleveland oh, yeah. and receive their adulation as much as New York City. Now, is New York City going to offer more stuff? Yes, but they'll still come to Cleveland. I think so, too. I, yeah. I, I just, it's, it's that make, make it something big. Right. Uh, and who lot, would argue New York City's a place to visit now? Right. right? New York City's yeah. not what it used to be. Right. People are leaving. You know, so give give Cleveland a chance. Right. You know. Um, I agree. Didn't the Guardians just win last night or something? I, I think, have no idea. I think they beat the Tor- Tor- Toronto Wait, who are Blue the Guardians. <laughs> it says two <laughs> emblem, uh, the formerly icons, known as... two icons on a bridge. <laughs> right. That's what the Guardians are. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, another one. I mean, that's just insane. so. Uh, hey, a little federal news here. Uh, it, it, it's a little troubling. So we have we no longer have the largest navy. We now have the number two navy. And it's starting to uh, kind of show up in very uncomfortable ways, uh, not to mention like the Moluccan Straits and places where we can't really patrol uh, like we used to. How, uh, how in the hell do we let this? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. But how in the f do we let this happen? I, I, I don't, was kind of yeah. thinking the same thing. What so, in the f is going on in the world that no we kidding. don't have the most powerful navy on the effing planet? And I if agree. we don't have it, who's got it? China. China. So yeah. we there is awesome. a there was a flotilla off the Aleutian Islands, Alaska. For people that don't know what Aleutian is, it's a chain of islands. It's U.S. An territory. It archipelago. Was, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, and there was an eleven ship uh, combined Russian Chinese uh, communist Chinese uh, flotilla um, off of the Aleutians in international waters, but very close. And the U.S. Navy announced, I don't know, out of weakness, like, or I, I don't know, but they said it was not a national security concern, uh, quote unquote, coming out of the Pentagon. So who is it? Chamberlain? Neville? Well, so I'm we just can, thinking. So we can read like their, Neville Chamberlain? We, right. now we, know, we can read their minds that we know it's not. Of well, course, look, if they're saying it's not, then it is. Well, I'm just thinking. Right. This, is a, this is an arm flexing right in the mirror in front of the right. United States of America. No off, question. Right. And exactly. the Pearl Harbor fleet, Yamamoto and the guys, 
were in international waters, too, when they attacked Pearl Harbor, right? The boats can be in one place. The missiles and the airplanes can be you know, right on American this territory. This is them saying, we can do this, That's and you're right. not going to stop us. Nah, 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 nah. And we're together. Yes. I mean, they, they were natural enemies mm-hmm. forever, China and Russia. And we have... Look, we have created the consortium of evil. We we have created a consortium. No question about it. We have pushed Russia into the arms of China for any number of reasons and, you know, we can, and vice versa. So it's, um, yeah, yeah. this is, uh, this is, this, this is so sickening to me. Yeah. And, and look, for those who say that America is not great or it's never been great or we're horrible or we're premised upon awful, miserable things. Right. Yeah. Go live under China for a little while. And, you know, you can you can identify a handful of things out of the United States, maybe even two handfuls or three that have not been great. But most of the stuff is, you know, it's like most of the stuff that everybody agrees right. with is don't be a racist asshole. Right. Treat people with respect. Follow the golden rule. You know, do these things in the right way and 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 honor your parents. Like, do all these sort of well, things that make sense to us. Well, um, America has yeah. sacrificed greatly for the world. 36,000 workers who built the Panama Canal died of malaria building the Panama Canal. Who controls the Panama Canal now? The, the country of Panama has sold the operational rights to China. Uh, awesome. And we built it. And we built it. Yep. We gave it to Panama under Jimmy Carter for $1. And they they got it. Okay, fine. Panama can now operate the so, Panama Canal. But this, this we, goes, we didn't write in a clause that says you can't sell it right, to right. the communist This goes right back Chinese. to the Jack Nicholas right conversation right it's so you stupid. know we think it's a great deal at the point in it's time virtue we signaling nonsense exactly you oh know my look God. we have we have to take responsibility the united states of america has to take responsibility to be the force of good in the world and you could say well that's your version of good and blah 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 blah. yeah you're damn right it is because it's good and it's well, right do you and know what we know what the other side wants to do you you know what the other target was instead of pearl harbor was the panama canal during the war with Japan. I didn't know that. They hmm. Yes, they had on submarines, if you can believe this, this is how technically, we think, we, we think we're now the, you know, uber technical uh, society. Back in World War II, the Japanese had airplanes that were tethered to submarines. So these submarines would go across the Pacific Ocean underwater with airplanes on deck. They would then... Uh, Un, Sur- unwrap surface. the airplane. That's right. And they were they were going to do a combined, just like they did at Pearl Harbor, a combined sneak attack with submarines, because submarines were at Pearl Harbor, as well as airplanes, and destroy the Panama Canal. The Panama Canal is a long way from China, right? Just like it is from Japan. And the, the idea that the Communist Chinese Party can shut down the Panama Canal or control it in time of war... That's bad news, man. Man, you're talking about the U.S. fleet having to go around, you know, the the Cape? Right, right. That's unbelievable. And and I think, you know, what people don't understand is there there is evil in the world. It's sort of like Superman and Bizarro, right? You've got got good and evil. There is evil in the world. And you know evil because it's not good. That's right. And that begs the question, do some thinking about it. You'll come to the right answer. You know evil when it's not good. And at the end of the day, 
somebody's going to fill the vacuum. Somebody's going to do it. And if we back off our power because we're horrible people and we keep shooting ourselves in the foot saying we're awful, miserable people because we had slavery at one point and we're these horrible, the Catholics or whatever the hell we're talking about, it's like, well, China will be happy to take that place. They'll be happy to do it. And guess what we're left with? We're left with Chinese philosophy on yeah. things. And that's not good. Because yeah, I almost get the feeling that when you know people say things about, well, America did this, that, and the other, you know, they're expecting a perfect country. Correct. Yes. It's impossible. It's impossible. And, and we not only cannot that, be perfect, but we can be. We can try. It gets worse though because then they say, "Well, give me power and I'll fix it." Yes. And then so yeah. it's like, "Give me all the power and I'll fix it." That's sort of the the, the unspoken, implicit mm-hmm. uh, conclusion to that. And you're right. People say we're imperfect. This is what I call my. Um, hey, it was right in the preamble. People need to get over that. In order to form, form. a more perfect, a union. more perfect union, not right. a perfect union, a more perfect, a one. more it's perfect, not going to happen. It's, it's, which means happen. we know there are faults, but and we're trying we, to to again, make it better. Christianity like, explains this because we all accept that human nature is imperfect. It is imperfect by its very definition. So right. anything built with humans is going to be imperfect. Right. You can only make it more perfect. You can only strive for perfection, and then ultimately walk in the shoes of Christ if that's what you believe. And I happen to, and then that's our, that's our goal in life, you know, ultimately to get there. Even as a teenager, Jesus sassed his mother. Yeah. And I've brought this up to priests and I've said, Hey, wait a minute. You say Jesus never committed a sin. Yeah, but he was right, Norm. (laughs) (laughs) Ask any teenager. He told us what he said, woman, you know, basically mind your place. And I'm like, wait a minute, Jesus, you're like 13 and you're sassing your mother. What happened to the fourth commandment? But aren't we, you know, isn't it's sort of implicit that the things that we build are going to be imperfect. And that's what makes our country so interesting to me and fascinating to me because our founders knew this and they created a country that did not give humans complete control over everything. It divided the power just enough to prevent the authoritative crap that China's involved in, that Russia's been involved in, that Hitler was involved in. You know, it's like we, we created a diversity of power that let us strive as humans with our warts and our imperfections toward that common goal to try to get perfect. That's right. And now people think that, well, just give me power and I'll make you perfect. Right. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, I know Steve's got to run. He's got a, a, an important an engagement here this morning, you know, for, uh, you know, feeding like his family. So, being social. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so I just want to throw this in. I've been waiting for a crack to appear in the edifice of the Democratic Party over the Biden impeachment inquiry. Because it is now documented that $20 million just came out yesterday, uh, the bank records showing $20 million going from these various um, uh, entities. That, Foreign entities, that, one being that, that, $8 million from China. That's right. That uh, went into Biden coffers, some of which those accounts are uh, co-owned or co-signer with Joe. Uh, and and money then went to grandchildren uh, even beyond Hunter. So yesterday, Harold Ford Jr., former congressman, um, related to Henry Ford. No, no, he's a Democratic uh, congressman. No, uh, I know, but ex- I just didn't know if there's any relation to the Ford. No, no, no sir, okay. no, he's African American. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, his family uh, operated, probably still do funeral homes oh. down south. Anyway, he is death he, is a hell of an industry. <laughs> Harold Ford is one of the most, uh, he's one of the most gentle, practical, even-handed Democrats. Uh, He's old school Democrat. He's like a bull weevil Democrat, right? He's one, you know, he's of that school that is very 
careful about weighing, you know, the consequences of of use of power. So a, a little bit like uh, Joe Manchin, you know, he's that type of Democrat. Um, he said that since money has now been demonstrated to have gone from uh, foreign interests to the Bidens, that it is time for Congress to open up an well, inquiry. An me, inquiry. He didn't say let's in, impeach Biden. He's not there yet. But he said we are now at the point where it ought to be looked into. So here's here's how I would pitch this narrative. In 2016, or say 2018, it came out that Donald Trump's son had received $20 million from foreign powers, $8 million from China directly. And he did that by saying, my dad is president or vice president. And, you know, take, take what you will from that. And not only that, he did that, uh, he told the people who were paying him money that my dad knows about this. Here, let me get him on the phone. And I'll get him on the phone. All right. At our meeting. So if that were the case, anybody on the other side of this would have been saying, throw Donald Trump in jail, in prison for the rest of his life. These are corrupt, holy people. This is, this is the worst of the worst. He's a, he's a colluder with China, our, our arch enemy. And an unregistered agent. And an unregistered agent. And you know what? They'd be right. That's right. They'd be right. They'd be right. But it's treated differently now. And this is what offends me so much. And this notion, frankly, that because Hunter Biden took the money and it didn't go directly to Joe and he was just trading on his dad's name and his dad didn't necessarily know and blah, 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 blah. Anybody who's ever been in a courtroom on a money laundering charge, they know exactly how well that defense is going to work. Mm. It's like you can't say- 30 shell companies. You can't say, well, just, Come on. I'm going to acquiesce to my, the, my country's arch enemy giving $8 million to my son and grandchildren- uh, and say, well, that's okay because you know they're just. I'm not really doing anything anyway. You know, it's like it, the, even the appearance of that stinks so much, and it's criminal, right? If if the way Hunter was doing it because he wasn't a registered, yeah, um, he didn't register to do business with foreign agents. So anyway, I think I, 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 this one is an easy one to me. This is an easy one to me, and it, it exposes the bias of the media. And I I also think the opposite is probably true. There'd be a whole lot of people on the right if this were the Trump thing saying, well, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. You know, Trump never really got the money. He didn't need the money anyway. I I think fewer, I think fewer, but there'd be some. But Mitch and Paul Ryan, they threw Trump overboard at that first year. uh, You know, that first two years of his administration, Paul Ryan, speaker of the house, the Republicans controlled the house. They did not move on his wall. They did not move on immigration. They did not well, move on health care. More than that, Remember, though. Trump was going to re—he was going to revoke Obamacare, oh, that was, and uh, Paul Ryan didn't do it. Now it was they, uh, what's his name from Arizona, McLean. Well, well, uh, well, yeah, but Paul Paul Ryan was Speaker of the House. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, John McCain was a or senator. McCain, I said McLean. Yeah, McCain, no, McCain I, was the final vote on that. Yeah, and that was in the Senate, but the, so the Senate didn't pass. But neither did the House. So they, they, you know, the whole well, thing Trump was. Trump had a hotel. Didn't he have an interest in a hotel in like Moscow? Moscow? No. And there was a whole, somebody was alleging that and it was like the worst possible violation no. you could ever imagine. He did not. I'm not saying it's true. Prior but to him becoming. Alleged. Prior yeah. to him becoming president, they explored. Yes. Expanding the possibility the of Trump. that. Yes. That's right. So they explored the possibility of that and the people, his enemies made that a capital offense. That's right. In this scenario, we have $8 million documented changing hands. Forget about the other uh, right. 22 or right. the other um, um, 12. 
But uh, $8 million from China into Hunter Biden's hands in joint accounts with his dad, Joe Biden. I don't care who you are. That needs to be looked at. Yeah. It needs to be looked at. Because bribery is specifically listed in the Constitution as a, an impeachable offense. And and look, y- you can say, I didn't do anything with the money or I didn't give them any oh, quid pro on. quo for it. Yeah. And maybe he didn't. But then in that one situation where he fired the prosecutor That's right. who was looking at Burisma, or Burisma it's like, all right. You can you, it now. I think it's incumbent upon Biden to prove that it's not related. Because that's like, after he got that, paid. That stinks. That happened R- after Ryan, he got Burisma money. Yes, and he brags about it on that, on the world television. He's bragging about, it. oh, I got him fair. Go Council talk to Council of Foreign I Relations, yeah. right on camera. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and, and then and then the lady in Moscow that gave him uh, three million, uh, the, the 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 mayor's wife in Moscow, who was curiously not on Biden's persona non grata list. Right, mm-hmm. she she got left off. Uh, she went and had a personal lunch with him after her donation, yeah. like the next week well, after she gave the money. And Hunter, he's a hell of a finger painter. That looks pretty transactional. And so to me. now we've got people buying his buying Hunter Biden's paintings, and right. they're getting government positions. I mean, look, this thing stinks. It stinks. Biden's been a freaking liar since. Like, remember, he ran back in what was that in the eighties or nineties? When, when did he run before? And he got exposed about lying about his uh, law degree and his his college education. Right. It's like he's a right. freaking liar. Great, right. he's been exposed. So don't look. I I don't care. If I you was just with Trump Mandela. So Remember that. I yeah. was with Mandela. Right, yeah, in my South grandpappy Africa. always told me he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a freaking liar. And look, yeah. I'm okay with it. If you want to vote for Biden instead of Trump, fine. You're wrong, but fine. Pick yeah. pick the lesser of evils. But don't defend this shit. This is this is like undefensible. Right. Yeah. yeah, it really is. This yeah. is this is indefensible. You can't act like don't. Like, this is the old Clint Eastwood. Don't piss down my neck and tell me it's raining. Well, look, and, and Biden and, took twenty million dollars. His family took twenty million dollars from our enemies. Yeah, well, and Harold Ford, I mean, you could not have a more re- a reasonable down-the-middle guy that calls balls and strikes. So he's very pro-climate change theory. You know, he's pro-affirmative uh, action. He has classical Democratic points that he is still, he adheres to. But on this, he sees the conflict. Right, it's horrible, and he's. This is the first crack in that edifice that I've seen. Listen By the way, the Joe coming. Manchin is talking about leaving the Democratic Party. Yeah, like that cinema. came out this, you know, and that's hey, that's West Virginia, that's next door. Wow. Well, it's like um, I don't know. Listen to the news coverage on this Biden thing. Well, there hadn't the Republicans tried again, but didn't link any money up to Joe Biden and didn't do yet. They have right there. It's like it, well, it's know. bribery. It doesn't say in the Constitution bribery, and then you do something. For the bribe, it just right. says bribery. And Trump just wanted to. Trump explored built. This is what the, the, I'm glad you guys remember those facts because Trump was exploring building a hotel, and that was considered the grossest conflict of interest you could ever have. A real it estate even before was he was even wow. before he was you know president. Hey, we're we're you know flash news flash. in Russia. Real estate mogul builder investor looking to expand empire. Yeah. You know around the world. Right. Duh. This is cash okay. trading hands. Wow folks. It's bad. All right. Well, with that, we got to wrap it up. Okay. Um, So this has been another riveting dose of common sense coming at you right from commonsenseohioshow.com, where you can check us out at commonsenseohioshow.com. We have blogs. We have easy ability to click subscribe to uh, get every single episode. And as I said, share it with your friends, with your neighbors, with your family, even if they hate you at things. Everybody says, don't talk politics. Thank them. Blah, blah. No, talk about our show, damn it, because it makes sense. All right. Well, with that, we are coming at you right from the middle each and every week in Common Sense Ohio, at least until now.